You're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, your host. This week's show is sponsored by jewelry maker Rena Ward over at Nostalgems.com. Become a fan of Nostalgems on Facebook to earn a chance to win a free necklace kit. This episode is also sponsored by jewelry maker Peggy Lee. Craft Sanity listeners get 20% off their orders at PeggyLee.com. That's P-E-G-G-Y-L-I. Dot com by using the coupon code CRAFTSANITY. This episode is also sponsored by Hunter at VioentlyDomestic.com. Hunter sells a variety of interesting sock patterns. Visit VioentlyDomestic.com for details on a giveaway for Craft Sanity listeners. Hello everyone, welcome to episode one and 11 of the Craft Sandy Podcast. It's a pleasure to be back at the mic and bring you this really great interview that I just recorded last weekend with Rashida Coleman-Hale. She is the very creative and crafty and artistic woman behind the I Heart Linen blog, which is really lovely to look at. And she has a brand new book out called I Heart Patchwork, 21 Irresistible Zaka Projects to Sew What I love about Rashida is that she's so honest, you know, Uh, she doesn't try to paint a rosy picture. It was an absolute pleasure to get to talk to her. Rashida has spent time living in New York and New Jersey, and now she has settled in Atlanta, and she is awaiting the birth of her third child. So she's got a lot of things going on right now and has just given birth to a wonderful book, I Love Patchwork, so there's plenty to talk about. So grab a project and settle in for a chat. Maybe pour yourself some tea. Okay, so let's get to that interview. Rashida, thank you so much for being a guest on Craft Sanity. I've been looking forward to this interview because ever since I saw your book, I'm like, wow, I love (laughs) these projects and I have I have to talk to this woman. So, um, yeah, we have we have a little bit in common too. I understand that you have two children, a third on the way. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, I only have two, and I don't have a third on the way. <laughs> that is not. Part of it. But I'm 33 as well. So, um, we, and we both love patchwork. Cool. And I think you love you might love linen a little more. I haven't worked with it as much as yeah, like you have. But. Yeah. Um... <laughs> and I understand that you used to live in New York City. Did you just recently move? That's right. Um, we we lived in New York, and then we moved out to New Jersey just to get away from the city a little bit. Then my husband was commuting, and then we found out I was having a baby, and we're like, wow, New York's going to be really rough with three kids. Yeah, yeah. Are you from Atlanta originally? <laughs> no, actually, I'm from Orlando, Florida. Really? Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up in New York because of... Um, school and um, I bounced around a little bit back and forth between you know New York and Orlando and met my husband in Orlando and then I dragged him back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> well tell me a little bit about your just creative history. Were you a real crafty kid? Did you learn this from people in your family? Well you know I was an only child so I kind of entertained myself a lot. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I started drawing first. Um, I think that was my first passion. And um, so, you know, I, I used to get in trouble in school for just being doodling and stuff all the time instead of paying attention. And 
so it kind of just built from, built up from there, you know. Um, like I used to make all kinds of stuff, like little books and things. And then um, when I was 12, my mom decided that I needed to learn how to sew. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did she teach you how to sew? Um, she, you know, she took me to, it was Maine's Fabric. I don't know if those are even open anymore, but she took me there and we picked out a pattern and it was a vest and a pair of pants and God, it was the most tedious outfit ever. And now I think about it, <laughs> I think I wore it like once and was just like, okay, no, I don't like this. Mom. What kind of fabric was it made out of? Um, it, I think it was just, it was like just this cotton and I, I chose the craziest print ever and. <laughs> <laughs> so pants and a vest, was it matched? So, Did the pants match yeah, the they, they, <laughs> Yeah, they were the same fabric and it, it looked like a clown suit. It was terrible. And <laughs> but I was really proud, you yeah, know. Yeah, but you like, made it, yeah. Yeah, from scratch. So it was pretty cool and. I was like, all right, this sewing thing isn't so bad, you know, but I just got to start making better looking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so were you making, so that was age 12, and did was it something that you started making a lot of clothes after that? I kind of just started just making, you know, little things for the house and clothes here and there, you know, and then I, I was more interested in, in my drawing than anything, so it kind of dwindled off, and um I started getting interested in the fashion industry, so I applied for uh, school at FIT and Parsons, and I got accepted to both, so I decided to go to FIT because it was a little hipper <laughs> at the time, <laughs> before Project Runway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I went off to study fashion in, in New York. And, so would that and have been about 1994 then, when you went off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah in 94, and... Um, so, you know, that's, I think, where I, my sewing got a little more refined, of course, and, um, yeah. So what was fashion school like? Is it really competitive? It was. It was really competitive, and, um, you know, it, it, it turned out that I really wasn't cut out for the fashion industry, you know. It's very, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, just, I think it's very, um, it can be pretentious sometimes, and, it was a little too competitive for me as well, but um, it was a good experience just being in New York. You know, I got to work um, the, the the fashion shows at, at Bryant Park, and oh, wow. you know, I was only a dresser. You know, I got to dress the models, but at least we got to go to the shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, you're in New York City. <laughs> yeah, that, so, I'm sure that experience is just just to kind yeah. of see behind the scenes has got to be pretty pretty exciting. So did, yeah. you, get, so did you get through the whole program? Um, at um, FIT? No, I actually, I, I did it for three years, and then I was like, it sucks, I don't want to do it anymore. And, <laughs> and so then what, what What did you do at that point? Because I think, you know, a lot of times, this happens to a lot of people, you know, we get on this mm -hmm. track where we're like, okay, we're going to fashion school, or we're going to go, you know, yeah. be a doctor, or whatever, the, you get three quarters of the way there, and then you're like, oh man, this is not, yeah. this is not it. Yeah. So what did you do at that point, when you just figured out it wasn't for you? Yeah, it was actually, um, you know, ironically, it was the sewing that I hated. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hated all the sewing. I was like, I don't want to be doing at this machine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to just switch gears and just focus on my illustration. And um, so I started um, teaching myself just, you know, Illustrator and Photoshop and all those other little programs. And, and then I just kind of bounced from job to job, you know, just... 
uh, office work, and um, I'm just an HR. <laughs> completely, completely different field, you know. Right, right. Not creative at all, really. Um, not very interesting either. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I ended up doing that and, you know, kind of just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and, so, yeah, I just think I just became like a, a career transit, you know. <laughs> just trying to figure out well, what to do next, yeah. yeah. So how, yeah. Long, how long did that, like, how long did you work in HR, like, as you were trying to figure other things out? Probably maybe about five or six years, yeah. Um, and then were you doing and, your art on the side, though? Yeah, time? I mean, I was, yeah, I was doing some freelance work, which just kind of to find my niche and, and pick up a few little jobs here and there, you know, doing logos and things like that. And um, actually met my husband during HR. We were working at um, this one firm, and um, that's why I met him. <laughs> See, so it wasn't all bad. It wasn't, I mean, it was, yeah. there was a reason. You, had, you were meant to do HR. Yeah, that was the, I think that was the main reason I was supposed to be in HR. <laughs> <laughs> so was he working, he was working HR too, or was he doing something else? No, he was actually um, in, in uh, IT. He's uh, an art director now, but at the time he was um, uh, like a web designer. Okay. And uh, he came down to me in HR to fill out his uh, permanent paperwork and he was there as a temp and um, um, I lost his, lost his paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> so, on purpose or, or what? You know, how did that happen? It was, it was completely by accident because um, I was kind of new at that office and, oh, you know, trying you're, to figure out you're new, yeah. yeah, and you're going through stuff and I was like, what's this? Oh, I don't know. I'll put it on the side and ask somebody later. <laughs> And, you know, he hadn't heard anything, so he came down to the office and, and asked me about it. I'm like, I don't know where your stuff is. <laughs> and he's like, what's up with this woman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so he, okay, then then what happened? So you lost his paperwork, and he's asking about yeah, it. He, yeah, he actually, he saw a, um, a, a drawing I had done on an illustrator on my desktop, and uh, he jumped around the computer and was like, whoa, who did that? I'm like, oh, I did that. And, you know, he's like, oh, that's cool. And, <laughs> you know, we just started talking and it turned out, you know, that he was a designer as well. And we kind of just built up a little friendship there at the job. And then the rest is history. <laughs> that's funny. So did you help this man find his paperwork then? Uh, or did he have to fill it out? Yeah, I, he had to fill it out again. And <laughs> 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 but since he had complimented, he complimented your artwork, so you became a high priority. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, taste. of course. You know, funny. like oh, he's, he's got good taste, so okay. Yeah, we'll take care of him now. Make sure his paperwork gets filed. That's funny. So, how soon after that did you guys start dating? Oh gosh, um, it took a it took a couple of weeks because he's been shy and stuff. And, I was like, all right, well, he's taking too long. Let me just go ahead and ask him if he wanted to go out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And so how long have you guys been together? Um, uh, we're going on our fourth anniversary in February. Wow, congratulations. That's Thank wonderful. you. Yeah. So from there, how did you make the transition to where you are now? Well, we, we got married, and Mel decided that he wanted to leave Orlando, so... He started looking for uh, work and other places, and actually this uh, 
design firm in uh, New York contacted him, and uh, they moved to Philip. Wow. So do you live so, right you know, in Manhattan, or where did you live? Um, we moved to Manhattan, and we got an apartment in Harlem, and um, it was great. You know, I was happy to be back in New York because, you know, um, when I had the HR job, I was on Orlando, and um, Orlando's fun, but... Uh, I think we wanted a little bit more adventure. <laughs> yeah, there is there is quite a bit more. I mean, basically, New York never stops. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. And he'd never been, and you know, he's as for a designer, and, and you know, I thought it would be a good move for him as well. And, and now, I think that was a picture of your children um, with a Christmas tree, looked like a fabric Christmas tree. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I actually, you know, I made that out of necessity, actually, because, you know, the move totally, like, sucked us dry, and um, so we couldn't afford to get a Christmas tree this year, and I was like, well, I can't have Christmas without a tree. That so tree I'm was like, awesome. That, what did you make that out of? And I'll have to post, I'll have to link to that photo, or we can put it over on Craft Sanity or something, so people can see what we're talking about. But this Christmas yeah. tree completely rocked. I love the Christmas tree. <laughs> and that's that's and that's interesting that you did that, because you like really felt like you, you had no other choice. And uh, it, sometimes, I don't know, I quit my day job in July, and um, mm-hmm. so now I'm in a completely different uh, I mean, I can't just go into the craft store and spend away, you know, like, like, yeah, no, yeah. not like I was completely careless before, but I wasn't worried about it. You know, I would, I didn't freak about it, but um, yeah. it's, it's amazing how creative we become when you don't yeah. have abundant cash. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I actually think it's for the best And that Christmas tree, I'd say it was a very wonderful <laughs> success. Um, so tell us how Dang. you did it. Yeah, well, I, I actually, I had some uh, cardboard left over from, because uh, there's a project in the book that uses a cardboard and bookboard, and so I took the cardboard, and I just shaped it into a cone, and I taped it all up with <laughs> packing tape, and then I got out my glue gun, and um, uh, all my green fabric, <laughs> and I just started cutting these little loops, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just hot glue them onto the cardboard and see what happens. And yeah, it just kind of has like a scallop, like scallop shape uh, yeah. fabric, and it kind of go up from the bottom. And it just looks, I thought it was really darling. So yeah, you could, thank you. I think if you did a tutorial on that, you'd get a lot of traffic on your website because it's. Yeah, just... I thought about that. So I, I definitely, I, I think it's a really cute project. Whether you have a, a, a Christmas tree or not, it's just cute to put up there. And so we put it on our, on the, by the fireplace and <laughs> yeah. the kids loved it. Well, and it was so. bigger than the kids. I mean, it was quite, it was pretty big. It looked pretty big yeah. to me. How tall yeah, is it? Um, it's probably, I'm thinking maybe two and a half feet tall. Yeah, it was really, it's really cute. So yeah, yeah. Nice job that. Well, Thanks. I know that um, you've been, you know, plugging away with your illustration work and so forth. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of 2009, you come out with this really fantastic book. I love patchwork, 21, irresistible. And how do you pronounce? Is it? Um, Zaka. Zaka. Okay. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to sound like a, a real moron here. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so 20, 21 Irresistible Zaka Projects um, to sew, and this is really inspiring because I love the combination of you're doing, in these projects you're doing both machine sewing and then some hand sewing, some paper mm-hmm. piecing, just really wonderful projects, and I love the peacefulness of 
the hand sewing especially. Um, I love doing paper piecing. So how did you get into, especially when, you know, you told me not recently, you know, just a little bit ago in this interview that you got, I mean, you decided enough of the sewing when you're in fashion school and then it's like now you're full blast back into sewing and doing great at it. So how do you explain that whole transition? Is it just different when it's not clothing and apparel? Is it, is it just, um, yeah, what makes yeah. you love it now? Um, it's definitely because of the clothing and apparel. I think I, I, I just, I really just didn't enjoy doing that. Um, I think maybe because of, you know, there's so many curves and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I like squares and <laughs> well, right and the, angles. <laughs> and it's different too, because I don't have as much experience sewing clothing. I would mm -hmm. love to be really good at sewing clothing, but for me, I can do a project on the fly that's like something for the home or um, mm -hmm. an apron really quick. I can't do that with clothing. You know, you can't yeah. quickly throw together a beautiful dress and have it work on the first try. You know, if you're making coasters, you know, your chances are pretty good that you're going to be successful at first time since you don't have to wear them, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's the other thing, too. Um, like you were saying, it, it's a, you can make them quickly and, and easily and make several. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and um, just crank them out and, and, and you know, um, it's... I mean, with fashion, you can be really, really creative with the design, but, um, you know, with the patchwork and, and, and the home sewing, I just think that it, there's just something really special about being able to make stuff for your house, you know? Just curious about when you made the transition from illustrating to doing this kind of sewing, because I know you've been published in Stitch Magazine as well, um, and some other places where you've done projects, and... Mm -hmm. How did you start going from illustrating to getting published in, I mean, doing the home sewing and the patchwork? Basically, it all started when uh, I moved to New York and I was pregnant with my daughter. And I just wanted, you know, you get excited. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm having a baby. Right, right. <laughs> you want to start making stuff. And yeah, I can sew. So let me make stuff for the baby. And, you know, so I started going to the library and getting books and and uh, just looking at different home projects. I mean, I ha had always done that before, just, you know, out of the blue, like I'd make pillows or something for the house and, you know, uh, you know, towels or something, you know, hand right, towels for the right. kitchen. But um, it was just more exciting to do stuff with a baby, so I started doing that. And, um, and when she was born, I was like, oh, well, my husband actually he was he encouraged me to do a blog, you know. He's like, Well, you're home with the baby and she's sleeping all the time. <laughs> 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 you know, why don't you start a blog, you know? So I was like, Okay, I, yeah, I guess I could do that. So, you know, I just started blogging the the stuff that I made for her and and kind of just settling into being a mommy and a and a, and a, a wife and you know enjoying making stuff for your house and, and your little one and so I guess the blog started picking up um and the linen I fell in love with linen in school when I learned about it um in my textiles courses and um in the patchwork I think that just started evolving from when I uh started buying Japanese craft books okay um you know, just looking through through them and remembering my experiences there over over in, in Tokyo, and it just kind of all fell into place. You know, I didn't 
planted like that or anything. It just kind of happened. <laughs> and so was your you blog know? called I Heart Linen from the beginning? Is that what you started your blog as? Yeah, I started as I Heart Linen. And um, actually, no, I, my first blog was on, um, it was called She Wants More. And it was on Blogger. And I was like, well, I want one of those really pretty blogs. <laughs> <laughs> I started over on Blogger too, and I didn't. I didn't really. I mean, it was great to have a free blog and everything, but I wanted to do yeah. a little more customization too. And um, yeah, yeah, so I think that's kind of like we all get started over there and then move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when you moved your blog, that's when you renamed it. Yeah, I renamed it, and I, I um, named it I Heart Linen, and went to TypePad, and you know, it, it just occurred to me. I was like, well, you you have the background for design. Why can't you just make the blog? You know. You can do so much more with TypePad, so I decided to move there, and I changed the I Heart Linen because I do sew with mostly linen, and um, and that's where that got started. I think that was back in 2007. Uh, yeah, I think it was January 1st, January 1st, 2007 was my first post, and gosh, it seems like eons ago. <laughs> yeah, and so much has happened in two years, inside of two yeah. years. That's great. That's yeah. really great. So did, were you blogging every single day, or how often were you blogging? Um, you know, at first you get excited, and you're like, yay, I'm going to blog everything. So I was blogging a lot, maybe um, twice a week, and um, then it started slowing down because, you know, the baby started being a little more active, and and then it just started picking up. Like I started getting uh, more readers, and I'm like, "Wow, somebody's actually looking at this!" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it got a little more popular, and um, so you know, you, it, you do it mostly for yourself. But then you realize when there's more people looking at it, you're like, "Well, I, I feel the need to." to keep posting, you know, somebody's interested. I don't want it to want it to fizzle out, you know. Right, right. Yeah, then you feel kind of like you're you're obligated to do this. Yeah. There's people looking. Yeah. Yeah. So um you know, and I think the the greatest part about it for me is um just all the people I've met and um you know, it's really cool when you get an email from somebody who just says, you know, I really like that project you showed, you know, so inspiring and you know, and then they show you a picture of something they made, you know. It's a great feeling to be able to um, just inspire people to do, to do, you know, their handicraft or whatever. So it feels good. <laughs> and were you actually crafting in real life with people? Like, did, did you have a group in New York that you got connected to? Or were you doing most of your stuff by yourself? Because you had a, a child at that point, so you can't just jump yeah. out and craft at will wherever, you know. Yeah, it was all all by myself. Um, you know, truth be told, I think the blogging really helped me because um, I had a serious bout with uh, postpartum with Isabella. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people yeah, go through so, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I touched on that lightly on my blog and um, like, you know, the mean reds. What movie is that again? Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what she called it, the main ribs, and um, so that's what I call them. <laughs> so the blogging really helped me to just kind of get away from all that, you know? Right, because you kind of had um, a way to connect with the outside world. and Yeah, and, um, you know, we live way uptown, and it's hard to get around New York City with a, a little baby. And um, 
it was just a different life at the time, you know, than when I was there before, excuse me, um, you know, young, single, no obligations. Right. Yeah. Everything changes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's the other thing that, that really set me off was because I hadn't, you know, neither me or my husband really considered the fact like, we're going to have kids, you know, it's not going to be, yay, let's go out and have dinner every night and go to the movies where we want. And, <laughs> you know, it all happened so fast. So the blog just really helped me, uh, like you said, to get that connection to the outside world. And, and um, I think that's probably why my work ended up being so colorful. <laughs> you know, I wanted this liveliness in my life. And um, so I, I think that's definitely played a part in uh, me doing patchwork and adding so many different colors and and uh, prints and things, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like that's what really helped you is to to throw yourself into being creative and and making things is what. So yeah. It sounds like you kind of crafted your way through postpartum depression. Is that yeah fair to say? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any advice for? Um, I know there are other moms out there um, who may be going through this right now. And um, mm -hmm. any advice? Um, of how you use craft to really help yourself. It was kind of like a self-help remedy in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just such a great release, you know, you, you, you sketch a design or you have a design in your head and you can sit down at your little table and, you know, pick all these colors and, and fabrics and, and put them together and, and create something beautiful. And, you know, even if you're not great at it, it's just, so rewarding to, to look at something and say, hey, I, I did this, you know, it sucks, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really cool, I, I can make this, you know, and and even just to sit and, and keep, uh, you know, practicing and getting better, and, you know, even if you're, if you're a beginner or you're an experienced, uh, you know, crafter, uh, it's just really rewarding to, to have that relief and that time to yourself, you know, mm -hmm. to create. And, uh, I think, you know, I've always been that way just from being an only child, you know, I, you know my grandma, she always tells me, you can go lock it up in your room and just make stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You so know, for so you, that, it was like a natural way to, you know, kind of yeah. get through that chapter of your life. And I know, I know for, you know, for a lot of women, I, I know I felt this way. I, I was, um, in my mid to late twenties and had two mm -hmm. children and I was still trying to juggle a job and all that. And you feel yeah. like you kind of lose yourself in a way yeah, um, yeah. because suddenly you have a lot of responsibility and you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it can, there are times when, you know, you're, you're barely getting any sleep. You look in the mirror and you're like, who in the hell is that? Cause you don't even recognize yeah. yourself. <laughs> you know? And I packed on tons of weight and I was just like, who is that woman? Um, yeah. cause I don't recognize her. And it was so you know, part of this podcast, I started right when um, I was on maternity leave with my second child. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was like one of the busiest, craziest times of my life. But I use this as kind of a way to connect with other like-minded yeah. people. And um, I find for me, that's been really um, rewarding and helpful and mm -hmm. just great. So I, I, I think it's great that you were able to find a way to, to be so creative and, and yeah. then build your basically you just continue to build your base of really great designs. So then um, from there it was, so that would have been 
how so your daughter is how she's three yeah she's okay three. so that was three years ago and then did you start getting your stuff published after you had it on your website or how did that work i started getting things published last year um I think the first, the first project was um, with Stint, actually. Um, the editor, she contacted me um, and, you know, she said, you know, we're starting this new magazine, Stitch. We'd like you to submit some projects for consideration. And I was like, okay, cool, I can do that. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I submitted some work and I, and I liked the two of my projects. Was a little, one was a little pouch, and the other one a, a, a placemat and coaster set. And um, we kind of just built up a little rapport uh, over email, and it turns out it's a, her name is Trisha Waddell, and um, she's the, the uh, director of new books as well. So just out of sheer curiosity, <laughs> you know, I started asking her about the process, you know, for submitting pr- proposals for books and. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, oh, it's funny you asked, because we actually wanted to ask you if you'd like to do a book with us. Right? Oh, how great. That's really <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, what timing. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, and I was completely blown away. I was like, what? really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, I started just doing work for, with them for Stitch, and, um, and then, you know, I drew up my little proposal, and submitted it to them, and they loved it, and so I signed the contract with them in 2008, July, July 2008. And how long did you have to work on it? I worked on the sewing until about, I had from July to December. Okay. And then I had, I think, until February to do the writing, February or March to finish the the, um, manuscript and that was a nightmare for me. (laughs) Really? The writing was the hard part? Yeah. The sewing was great. You know, that's super easy. (laughs) I already had so many ideas and and my sketches and things. So, you know, I was able to to whip those out and, um, but the writing I think was the most daunting, um, you know, because I sat at the computer and I was like, what? the heck am I going to write? <laughs> I think that making the projects, I know for me, when I come up with projects, it's really mm-hmm. fun to be like in that creative realm where you kind of get in the zone and you're mm-hmm. making something and it all comes together and you're really happy with yeah. that, the outcome. But then when you have to sit down and figure out how to tell somebody else to do this, it's, exactly. it's, it's not like, I mean, I write all the time. I mean, as a journalist, I, I write stories about people. I do all this stuff and mm-hmm. it's, it's a different kind of writing too. Because yeah, it's not the yeah. fun, exciting writing when you're saying step two. Exactly. <laughs> um, iron the interfacing, so blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're telling this riveting story. You know, you're, yeah, you're trying to get someone from point A to point B without getting them frustrated or confused. And it's exactly. it's just a different kind of writing. And so I can understand that. I can understand yeah, that. It, yeah, the technical writing was just... <laughs> It was not fun. <laughs> how do you, but how do you feel now looking at your at your book with all these beautiful photos and great projects? And I mean, are you? How do you feel now that it's over? And that, you know, it's it's like you got through it. You did a good job. Um, how do you feel now? Well, now I'm, 
honestly, I think when I finally got the book in my hand, the first, the advanced copy, I felt like I just lost like 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> what does it feel like immediately losing 200 pounds? <laughs> like I just, <laughs> you know, you get all lightheaded and yeah. weird. And <laughs> you had to sit down. No. It was great. Um, it was just like, wow, wow, look at this. You know, I, I, you know, I can honestly say the whole writing process, it was so good. It was really difficult for me, um, especially because you, know, you had two little ones and a household to run and, you know, um, I was up late hours, you know, three, four in the morning, five in the morning. Like, I gotta get this done, you know, and, and trying to write things to make it clear. And, you know, you're so, you know, when you, when you make your designs, you kind of just make them, you know, everybody has their own special way of sewing. Right. You, know? you kind of just make it work. If something doesn't work, you turn it the other way. You, yeah, exactly. You and when you have to go back and um, explain that, it's, yeah. um, you almost have to get and in, crawl into the other part of your brain. Because there's the creative yeah. side of your brain, and then there's that whole, like, math and technical side. And I get yeah. the sides mixed up. Like, I don't even pay attention to it. I know I use one <laughs> side more than the other, but when I have to crawl into that other side and actually access it, flick the switch mm-hmm. to turn it on, sometimes it hurts a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does hurt. <laughs> yeah, but I think it paid off for you because it's really, um, I think the instructions are clear, and I have a bunch of things marked that I want to make from this. I had actually hoped to make... Um, that really cute patchwork ball for my, I have a, um, a, a baby niece. Uh, she's the baby okay. of our family and I wanted to make her that ball for Christmas, but it just didn't happen. You know, I just didn't. Yeah. So I'm going to make like a little after Christmas present for her. But, um, <laughs> and I love the little lamb with an apron or it's like a little skirt, but it looks kind yeah. of like an apron. Um, and my daughters are like, mom, that is so cool. <laughs> so so um, there's been some requests made and I always know that a book when I my kids go through all the craft books that come into our house and they okay. ling- they lingered with yours for quite a while. So um, and I I mean that's how I kind of that's another way I gauge craft books. It's like if my kids look at it and toss it aside, um, like they're just not even engaged in any of it. Because I I mean because I want to make things that they like, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. They really like they like the little lamb um, <laughs> a lot and. Uh, you know, the other, they, they're like, mom, can you make that? So yeah, I have, I have work in my to-do list here, but, um, <laughs> and you make the, I love the blossom pin cushions too. Those are really um, great. And you sell yeah, those on yeah. your website as well in, in your shop. Yeah, I do. I've got some, some more, um, pallets coming on order because I sold those sold out really fast. <laughs> yeah. The porcelain pallets, are those hard to find or can you find those pretty easily? Um, you can find them at an art supply store. I think if you go to like Hobby Lobby or Michaels, oh, okay. you may be able to find them. Okay, because people I actually, ordered my... they're used by painters then, right? That's what they're yeah. They're for? Okay, yeah, they're for for watercolor um, <clears throat> paints, and you can also use it for um, sumie, that Japanese painting with okay. the, the, the black ink. And um, I actually got mine from Jerry's Artorama online. Okay, and they're really really cheap, so. Yeah, you can get them there. <laughs> okay, and so and so, what you're doing is you're just and you have the directions in your book on page seventy one where mm-hmm. it's for those who like to sew a lot and they like to have like I love different prints of fabric. I absolutely love it. 
And mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're taking like six different prints and you might throw a salad in there too. And then gathering them up, stuffing them and you're gluing, are you gluing the, the little yeah. things down to this palette? And it's the cutest thing ever. It's a, a great <laughs> gift for someone who sews or just for your own studio to add some fun color to it. And then I know a lot of the photos have, you have some buttons in the center um, little, yeah, yeah. It's just it's such. I mean, I love the theme that runs through this whole book. Is that the projects are very happy, and very um, kind of you know whimsical. I mean, if you have these things in your home, you're going to bring cheer into your space, and yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. Thank you. Um, I think you know that all comes back from this. It sounds crazy. It's like yeah, it's from my postpartum depression. <laughs> So I think a lot of times people, you know, unless you go through some stuff, um, I think if mm -hmm. all of our lives were like happy and bright all the time, I mean, yeah, that'd be mm -hmm. wonderful if we were just skipping along every day, but I almost yeah. think that we wouldn't appreciate it because, yeah. I know, um, you know, it, it just in my life, I mean, it hasn't been like a smooth climb, you know, to the top mm -hmm. and I'm like, woohoo, here I am, you know, everything's fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all have <laughs> these things we go through and I think once you experience some things and, and, and it's oftentimes the challenges in life that, I mean, that's usually what teaches us the most because you're, yeah. you're, you face some defining moments about like, okay, who am I right now? And how do I get through this? And mm -hmm. what you found is that creating beautiful things was what really was going to help you. Yeah. And, and you've translated that so well to a book form now and um, continuing to inspire people with a Christmas tree, you know, handmade Christmas tree. <laughs> I mean, it's like stuff like that, that some people would be like, Oh, we can't afford a Christmas tree, so we're just not going to have one. And you're like, no, yeah. we're going to make one. And it's, I think it's better than any kind of Christmas tree you can buy. I mean, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. So I think, you know, and it's, it's beautiful. I love the flower mobile in your, in your book as well. And had you made a lot of mobiles? What, what inspired the mobile? Um, I wanted to, to add something more for, for the um, kids because the book was originally broken into chapters. Um, and then they decided just to, to spread everything out. <laughs> oh, okay. So I had that in um, the children's section, you know, along with the ball and the, the doll. And I wanted to put something that wasn't a, a toy, you know. Right. I remember I made a mobile for my kids when they were little. And <laughs> we had a cat at the time, and he totally ripped it down. I was so mad. But... <laughs> <laughs> so you have to put it up quite high if you have a cat. <laughs> Well, I love the calendar as well. The button calendar is really beautiful, and that's oh, that, that project. Oh, I <laughs> came up with that idea in the middle of the night. <laughs> I, I swear, it was like two in the morning, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to do this right now!" <laughs> <laughs> so you got out of bed and started working on it. I got out of bed and I sat up and I and I I did it, and I think I went back lay back down at like six o'clock. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And had this calendar in front of me and <laughs> my husband was just like, you're insane. <laughs> well, that happens sometimes. You get yeah. an idea. And the thing is like, I have made that mistake of like, I'll get an idea and then I go back to sleep. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just do that in the morning. It's too late. And then yeah. I can't remember what the idea was, but I know it was really good. And I'm like, man, yeah. So no, I think it's good to, uh, to follow the inspiration, you know, when it comes to you. and <laughs> so, Yeah, that one couldn't wait. I had to jump out of bed and do that. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, do you have a favorite project in this book or a project that you've made many times that you you really is a particular favorite of yours? Um, I think my oddly enough, my most favorite project is um the eco bag. The grocery it's shop. Not, yeah, and it's not patchwork. <laughs> right, right. I think it's one of the only one of the only few projects actually that's not patchwork besides the mobile. Um but I love that one just because it's so practical and, um, you know, the, the the size of the bag in the book is, is a smaller size bag, but you can totally make the bag larger and mm-hmm. still, you know, fold it up and, and fit it into the, its, its pocket. Um, I guess I should explain what it, what it is. It, it's got an inside pocket and... Um, you fold the bag up and it rolls into the pocket and slip it in your purse and go grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah, and that's great because I often forget to bring my my cloth bags. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens to me all the time. I'll be like, you know, you make a stop and yeah, all my bags yeah. shoved in the in the um, you know, the the closet in the kitchen. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just so happens when I run to the store and then I'm coming home with plastic and I didn't want, I mean, the whole reason I made bags is to avoid that, you know. So, yeah, yeah I think this is really a great solution. So you can always have a bag with you and mm-hmm. unfold it when you find yourself in a store. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it could be that the reason why you like this so much is the fact that it's probably, of all the projects, this is the one that you're going to use the most in your daily life. I mean, just to get yeah. around. And um, I know as a crafter, we always have a need for an extra bag. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm a complete bag lady. Like every bag I have. In fact, it's funny because I made bags for the purpose of using them to grocery shop, and then I find that I'll be on my way out the door, and I'm like, oh, I have projects in every single bag that I've made. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to have some that I keep folded up small, you know, and refuse to yeah. put in unless I'm, I'm grocery shopping. Yeah, the same way. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I can make a hundred bags, and I would fill a hundred bags with just some little yeah. projects. Yeah, I just I unpacked some of our stuff, um, and I had this box full of tote bags, and I was like, oh gosh, they all have something in them. <laughs> I know it's like I almost feel I think I must feel uncomfortable on a subconscious level when I see an empty bag. I'm like, oh, I must put something. I must fill it with something, you know. Right. And now, are you the kind of person to like? I always go about like I'll have my normal like my keys, my wallet. The things we need to have when we go out places, but I mm. always have a project with me. And so I might, you know, if I trip or something, my bag falls open, I'm going to have like yarn balls or fabric <laughs> falling out. And people just are like, wow, you know, I'm like, oh, just a second, let me find my keys. And I like remove yarn and like maybe a mini loom and like, <laughs> oh, here's my paper piecing. And like all this stuff comes out. It's almost like this amazing carpet bag. <laughs> then I might find my keys like five minutes later after taking like three layers of craft projects out. Do you do that or am I just a, a strange bird here? I think you're strange, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the, the the projects that I do carry around the most are like if I'm doing little hexagons or yeah. something like that. Yeah, because you, you know the the, the hand sewing. Right, you I'll, can't bring I'll a sewing machine. Around. You can't bring a bunch of linen and sewing machine around. Um, yeah, because that would be kind of crazy. You sit down in a bus station and you're like, oh, I'm sew a little bit here. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I, was, I think that would be really cool. So, like when I'm out, I you know, and I see people knitting and crocheting, I'm like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I'm so jealous. Like, come on. Why no. can't I bring my sewing with me? Well, do, you, do, you, do you know how to do anything, any knitting or crocheting? Is that something that you've ever tried? Um, I, I'm a novice crocheter and knitter, I should say. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's something that, um, that is one of the great parts of it, that it's portable and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so. it's, yeah, it's easy to bring because sewing is really hard to bring out. And um, It is, it is. And I, t I totally envy that. And um, <laughs> it's funny because like every time I try to crochet, it, it, I think I, I think my fingers just are not, just not nimble enough or something. I don't know. I think I'm better at knitting than at crochet. And, and then when I do start to knit, like I just never finish the project. <laughs> So yeah. I think I have a lot of half projects, knitting projects laying around, like, you know, half a sweater. <laughs> yeah, a sweater, you know. I made a sweater, like, my the first sweater I made, um, well, actually, mm. the first sweater I made, I never finished. It was a pattern from, like, Family Circle my mom cut out for me, and it was supposedly a pattern that Julia Roberts had been knitting, oh, okay. knitting on a movie set. Well, I, like, just was totally pretty, I mean, I was pretty clueless about knitting, and I decided not to do a swatch. I'm like, I don't need to do a swatch. I don't want to waste time on that. I'm going to get right into the sweater. And I used hand-spun yarn, and it was early in my spinning. In fact, I've really never progressed from novelty yarn. Like, my yarn yeah. that I spin is very whimsical. I mean, just really, really bad. But anyway, I, so I'm, I'm knitting a sweater, doing no swatch at all, um, out of this novelty yarn that's totally uneven, like big flubs in it and everything. And I got to the point where I put this thing over my head, and the seams for the sleeves were not sewn up. And I could, it only fit, like, I had to really force it over my head. I thought, great, I'm never going to get this thing off because it was so tight. And then I had to have my arms straight out to get it to, like, even look like it could fit me. It was ridiculously too small. It was just ridiculous. And so I'm like, okay, I'm never making another sweater because this was totally disappointing. But it was my own fault. I, I didn't use the yarn required or, or the yarn called for, and I didn't do a swatch. I mean, it was ridiculous. So then yeah, I decided, okay, I'm going to try this again. And I got, I spent 80 bucks maybe $85 on cotton, this cotton yarn that totally stretched out of shape. And this sweater looks like it's totally too big because it's stretched out. It looks like I made it myself. It is the ugliest thing ever. And I spent $85, you know, just on the yarn, nice. you know, and I'm like, this is crazy. So I haven't made a, a sweater since then. Um, I'm a much better knitter now. Um, yeah. But I do little projects that you know, I know I can finish and cause I understand mm. that. Cause I mean, the last thing any of us wants is another unfinished project stuffed in the closet yeah, or a it's sweater true. that's I've... just going to look terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll keep, we... keep at it, you know, and I, well, think... you know, I think my problem is like you, you're, you're saying, you know, I don't want to do the swatch. I just want to start the knitting and the crocheting, but, you know, like yeah. I want to do like granny squares. I'm like, but I don't want to learn how to, do that. I want to make the squares. <laughs> right. You know, the thing about granny squares, though, really, is you only need to know how to do, a, and with crocheting, it's really cool because you only need to know how to do a couple of different stitches to make it work. Mm -hmm. And um, granny squares are like my absolute favorite thing in the world to make, and they're not that hard. And so um, I love, I love them. I, so yeah, cute. <laughs> I love just making a granny square and hanging it on the wall. I'm like, wow, I love that. You know, people are like, whoa, is, what, what are you doing? Is that your swatch? It's like, nope, that's, it's done. But, um, <laughs> so, so I don't know if you have any, 
advice for people? Because I know people are always, you know, for you're basically living a lot of the crafters' dream by having, you know, a book out there, a successful blog, and, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, you know, really want to to be able to kind of get their own work out there. And do you have any advice for for people that are looking to kind of get where you are? When I started doing this, I was I always looked at all the other blogs, you know, like Amy Carroll's, and then. Um, you know, I was reading Soul, Soul Mama and, you know, all the really cool ones and, you know, Lisa Paulson. And I'm like, wow, well, I want to do that. That's cool. <laughs> you know, I think maybe in my subconscious, I kind of aspired to, to, to get to that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you, you put something out there and... I always say that to my husband. You put it out there and the whole universe will conspire for it to happen for you. And, you know, I think the main thing is, you know, with the blogging especially, is just be yourself, you know. Go on there, have fun. Even if your work isn't perfect, you know, still post it on there and and try and be, you know, inspirational to others. And, you know, I, I, I... I think it's just all about really having fun with it and, um, you know, and, and also just doing a lot of research, seeing what your options are. I think I I was extremely lucky <laughs> the way things fell into place for me because I didn't really go out pursuing it, you know? Right. Well, I think you have to give yourself credit, though, too, for, I mean, you have talent, a lot of talent that's um, apparent just from seeing the projects that you're posting on your blog that aren't necessarily for you know publication in books right away I mean you have a lot yeah. you've been working toward this since you were the little girl locking herself in her room making projects you know but, yeah. you're, but you're right though um you know obviously you know if you put yourself out there and start working doing what you love and and I think mm-hmm. all of us admire like some of the blogs you mentioned you know I've admired those blogs for years too mm-hmm. and um you know it's one of those things where when initially when people start blogging, you have this like wide, this clean slate. You can make your blog anything and, and it can be mm-hmm. anything, you know, and people freak out a little bit. They're like, oh, I want it to be like fantastic like these other blogs. And the yeah. thing is, it has to be authentically you because exactly. if you're trying to um, match your font to the font of the person whose blog you really like. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people fail sometimes when they're doing blogging you know I honestly was just doing it for fun and then and as an outlet and something else to to put my mind on and you know away from just the the everyday household stuff that was really stressful for me and um I think people get caught up sometimes with trying to be like the perfect blogger, you know, like right. my pictures have to look cool and <laughs> yeah. my house needs to look spotless all the time and I'm the perfect mom and it, you know, it's not that all the time. Um, and I, I try to keep my blog pretty upbeat, but, um, you know, overall I, I think I am pretty honest about, you know, things that are going on in my life and, you know, the good and the bad, honestly, 2009 was a beast of a year for us. You know, we had a lot of financial things that happened, and it was really, really rough, you know. And, and I, 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 but at the same time, you know, you just have to, like you said, just be you and, and, and have a good time with it. Well, and I think, too, that if you're, you're kind of presenting the good and the bad, um, not this 
sanitized ver- version of reality. I think people mm-hmm. kind of um, can relate to that, I think, more in many cases than somebody who's projecting this very pristine. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times people think, wow, it looks perfect. My life isn't perfect. And then they start to feel bad about themselves, you know? And it's yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I have things that, um, you know, don't – I mean, I, I, I try to not to go on my blog and be like – today was the most hellish day of my life and it was, yeah. you know, because I frankly don't want to remember all that stuff, you know? Yeah, but at the who same wants to, to read that? <laughs> right, right, if it's like a rant, if you got into an argument with somebody and then you recount it mm-hmm. on your blog, you know, people write about people that say, my sister-in-law or my brother, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. I, I think that probably isn't a good thing because then those people read your blog <laughs> and see that, yeah. you know, so obviously, <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, and there's challenges. And I, I mean, I put it out there too, that, you know, I, um, you know, I, I had, you know, difficulty just becoming a mom. And um, mm-hmm. so I have touched on that before, you know, it's not like I just popped two kids out and it was perfect, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So for the other moms out there, when I've made reference to, you know, losing my first to miscarriage, and it's not a happy thing at all to you mm-hmm. know, recall that, but I got so much response from people saying, Hey, you know, that happened to me too, you know, and Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. they might be in that place where they haven't had a successful pregnancy yet, but um, to say, Hey, you know what I did after that. And there's hope for you too. It, it kind of gives people something to, to see, Oh, it wasn't perfect for her. It wasn't easy. There were probably a lot of people who related to your stories on your blog as well. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I find it refreshing, you know, when I read posts, um, you know, when people are just being a little honest and, you know, you don't want to hear all the sadness and, right. and the, right. the, the issues, but every now and then, you know, it's like, look, <laughs> I got some issues and, um, yeah. <laughs> what do you hope to do next? Because you've had, I mean, 2009 was pretty successful on the craft front for you. Um, what, what are you working on next? Well, um, well, I've got some uh, projects for Stitch for the spring issue that I'm working on. They do on the fifth, so I'm like scrambling to finish them now. Oh and um, uh, I, uh, uh, there's um, a, a, a virtual quilting bee that I'm a part of, a block party actually. And the two ladies that uh, started it, they got a book deal. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so there's 12 of us that were in the, the virtual B, and they've invited us to participate in, in doing the book with them. So, oh, that's so fun! Yeah, so we're all doing a block for each quilt and uh, shipping them around the country, and then we're all gonna sew our little quilts together. There's gonna be 12 quilts in this book. Um, it comes out in 2011. Okay, so who's, so, who's the publisher for that book? Um, it's C&P Publishing. Okay. Well, that, I'll look for that in 2011. That sounds great. Yeah. So you're yeah, already, I, already participating in a second book. That's great. Yeah. So I, I got that going on. And then I'd, I'd really like to do another book, hopefully. Um, <laughs> you'll see what happens. Um, you know, when I speak with my publisher and, you know, um, try and come up with another proposal. So I'd like to try and do that. Um I want to do a fabric line, um, thinking of doing some uh, a, a line of linen, actually. Well, that would um, be fun, because there's not a whole lot available yeah, as far as prints go. So, would you do prints on linen? Is that what you're looking to do? Um, I think prints and then just, you know, 
making maybe just plain linen as well. You know, it's not as widely available, and it's so popular, and it is hard to find. And um, you know, so I, I think I'd like to to try and tap into that. And um, and uh, you know, I'm not. It, it all happened so fast, but I think I really haven't gotten a, a huge chance to sit down and say, okay, now what, you know? Right, right. You know, and yeah, and just enjoy having, I mean, because I always ask people like, what's next? And in a way it steals the thunder a little bit of just letting people savor the achievement mm-hmm. of the book because, um, it really is wonderful. And I think you should be very proud of this first book because it's, um, I love the variety of projects just, and they're attainable. This is not something, many of the projects in this book, people who don't have a whole lot of sewing experience can find something that they can make in this book. And that's what I really love about it because sometimes the beautiful craft books that come out, you feel, uh, I think some of the beginning crafters, you know, they've just discovered this mm-hmm. craft world and they're really excited and they get the book and then they sit there and kind of tear their hair out because they feel like they can't yeah. do it. Yeah. And um, the degree of difficulty varies a little bit depending on what project people t- attempt, but mm-hmm. um, there's something for everyone. And I really appreciate yeah. that too. I tried. To, I tried my best to to make it as diverse as possible because I know this. You know, everybody's at a different level, and you know, um, it, it's frustrating when you're a beginner and you get one of these beautiful books, and you're like, I can't do that. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, so it, it is frustrating, and um, I I like uh, the things that I create just to be simple and um, easy to do, especially if I want to make more than one, or, you know. So, and I also just tried to, to grab that that um, aesthetic of the Japanese craft books, you know. Their, their projects usually aren't that difficult to do, but they, they're beautiful, still, mm-hmm. you know. Very simple, but beautiful. And so I tried to do that, and, um, you know, I think interweave did an awesome job putting it together. I, I remember when I got the photos back, you know, you're always your, your own worst critic. Um, and I sent the projects to them off in December and I was like, oh gosh, they're going to hate this stuff. <laughs> 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 you know, because they, they gave me complete creative freedom with the, the project. So I, I picked all the fabrics and basically that was the only thing I had to show them was um, what fabrics I was going to use, the color, color combinations. And um, and after that, you know, Trisha was just, you know, she said to me, you know, just go ahead and go at it. <laughs> you know, so I just sewed everything. I didn't have to submit really sketches or anything like that. And so I just made the projects and, and sent them off for the shoot, you know, and, and which I think is very, um, seems so crazy to me, you know, that I'd be able to send my stuff off to them <laughs> without them knowing what they look like before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is kind of, um, yeah, I imagine that was pretty, like, wild. You're like, wow, I can do anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did get to really just be me and, 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 and um, you know, stick to, I stick to my style you know I really wanted the projects just to really relate to the blog as well and you know um so that was really amazing for me and and then when I got the photos back I was blown away because you know I was like wow they really made my stuff look pretty (laughs) yeah well I put I'm I'm a huge fan of English paper piecing as well and I love on page 117 the pencil case 
which is, you know, yeah. just plain linen as your base of, you know, the case is made out of just, it's linen. And then I love how you embellished with a, a flower that's paper pieced and the little pull on the zipper, the zipper pulls a little hexagon yeah. as well. And it's just like, <laughs> and you can tell that Japanese craft influence is really comes through in this. And um, you've accomplished what, you know, the Japanese craft books have done so well as what, you know, just kind of making, you know, you have little splashes of color not some big, wild, overwhelming thing, and yeah. it just—I think it really highlights the prints that you selected for the for the book, and it's um, really inspiring. Where do you draw your inspiration when you're designing? Where does this come from? I get a lot of inspiration from the, the Japanese books, and um, I think because I, I did spend some time over there growing up, and so I, you know, I just instilled in me from being there all the time. When, you know? when were you there? Um, it was mostly when, uh, in elementary school. Um, I went to school there for a little while. My mom, is um, she, she's a, she used to be a model and lived over there and dragged me with her. <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't want to go to Japan, Mommy, whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, so you were in elementary school when you were in Japan then? Yeah, so I, I spent part of elementary school over there, and then I I, worked, I I wanted to come back to the states and ended up staying with my uh, grandmother. But I would go back every summer, all the way up until gosh, probably my second year in college. So oh wow, so you've spent a lot of time there. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there, so I was able to to go to all the little you know zaka shops and um and see all all the handmade things and stuff. So I think I I kind of bring all of that back in my subconscious when I when I start uh, sketching and things like that and um, I think I also get a lot of inspiration just from the fabric you know um, whenever I get new fabric in the mail or something or I go to the store and you know I start making the color combination I'm like what can I make with this oh, this would be really cool as a such and such you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you sketch um, out your designs ahead of time, or do you just start creating? Um, it, it's a little bit of both. You know, sometimes I just start to to I'll sit down and I'll just start cutting and see what happens. You know, and sometimes it's a disaster and it ends up being something for the kids to play with. <laughs> 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 and then other times, you know, I'll yeah, I have a sketchbook that I keep designs in and um I also take a lot of pictures when I go out um you know just of different colors and patterns and things and you know oh maybe I could create something based off of this color you know it, mm-hmm. it I get a lot of inspiration just from everywhere but um I think um I like to create things that are practical and that I know I would use like around the house or, you know, so I think that's probably just everyday life. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and that's, that's the thing is I think a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, I'm not creative or I could never do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like once a person trains, if you train yourself to like look for inspiration everywhere, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've actually looked at just like you'll walk, you're walking along and you might see an unusual like manhole cover or like a drain on the street. And you're thinking, I mean, most people, if you stand there and you're staring at it, there are going to, you're going to get some looks. And then when mm-hmm. you start photographing it, people are going to be like, whoa, 
we're like right behind, you know, there might be a fall tree scene and I'm photographing mm-hmm. street manhole cover. Um, <laughs> I also take pictures of the, the leaves as well, but it's like you hone in on things that catch your eye. And if you just start documenting the things that really stop you in your tracks, just when you're going about yeah. your daily life, it could be a sign or an advertisement or something on the side of a bus or some clothing, you know, combination colors that you see someone wearing, you start to be inspired. It's almost crippling in a way where you just can't get from point A to point B um, yeah. fast because you're stopping to look at things. But it's <laughs> um, it's a blessing and a curse. But once you start looking, I mean, just really looking for, you know, paying attention to what you, it attracts your mm-hmm. eye. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's a big part of it. You know, you, I think... Um, you know, I've been in design for a number of years, but um, you just kind of train yourself when you're out and about, you know, just to pick up certain things like, oh, look at that way that rock is shaped, you know, mm-hmm. I could make a really cool quilt based on that design. <laughs> right. And it's, and it sounds at first, it seems really odd for people to start doing that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and I don't come from an art background, but one of the things that I've just decided that it just, I, I know for me that I just pay attention to like, okay, what, what am I looking at when I go outside? Mm-hmm. Like what stops me? I, li- I like to take pictures of, of old, um, like churches that have like these arched entryways and like yeah. paint coming off and like cool stained glass windows and, um, mm-hmm. you know, things that I've actually will circle back around in my car and <laughs> go park, yeah, get yeah. out, take pictures. <laughs> when I have time, I do that. And, um, I just save this stuff up for when I, you know, yeah, I, a quilt or whatever. Yeah, I've got a, a big file on my computer just full of photos of things. And, you know, just like you were saying, you know, a manhole, like the design on the cover of it or, yeah. you know, just weird patterns and things like that. Um, it, it, it's just funny how you can get a lot of inspiration from the world around you, um, things that other people wouldn't really notice. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it's going to be different. Like you might walk past something that I'm like completely fixated on or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, you know, if you just kind of just tune into that and once you open yourself up to like the universe mm-hmm. and all the inspiration it can bring, um, it, yeah. you'll be late for your next appointment basically. <laughs> yeah. I watch a lot of old movies, like, you know, the, the ones in the 50s and 60s, I love, you know, like the Frank Sinatra films and Audrey Hepburn. And I think the clean lines in those films of, um, you know, it, it, I think that's, I get a lot of inspiration from that as well, because I always have some kind of old movie on when I'm sewing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's another, yeah, that's another point. And I love the old dresses. That the, the, yeah. I love those. In fact, if I could sew better, like if I was really great at sewing, I have all these patterns for vintage dresses, like the 19, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s, like the dresses mm-hmm. that are just, the cotton dresses that are just gorgeous. And I would look a little bit <laughs> ridiculous going about my, like going grocery shopping in my vintage dress. But um, <laughs> if I could make one, I swear, I would, I would go everywhere in that dress. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple of those patterns myself. And, and, you know, I haven't gotten around to making any no, of them. No, I just pull them out and I look at them every so often. Yeah, like, oh, I do the same cool? thing. Yeah. We'll have to start a sew along or something so we can get yeah. our dresses done. Um, <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of hair pulling and crying on my end, though, um, because the sewing <laughs> – I kind of feel the same way about like the garment sewing. It sounds like at the end you kind of were like, "Oh boy, this is not really for me," because it just yeah. seems so much harder than 
making some of these great things for the home. So I'm yeah. glad you've given me a whole book of distraction here so I can <laughs> feel good about myself finishing some smaller projects and uh, leave that vintage dress for a later date, I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah and it's just trying to get it to, to fit you properly, too, because they're always, like, three sizes smaller than, you know, your regular Which size really now. Which is really confusing, and... yeah, because you go up to the checkout and you have this, like, size 20 or whatever wait a minute this is not my size you know yeah and I always have to buy two patterns well at least this is since I don't know how to resize patterns very well um I would be like oh yeah my boobs are not that big (laughs) so I have you know I have to get the smaller chest and like the bigger hips so you feel like completely demoralized when you're up at the chest you know (laughs) because you're like man Well, see, that's my, I have the opposite problem. Mine are <laughs> ginormous, so. <laughs> now, did you ever imagine that during this interview, we'd be talking about bra sizes, essentially? I know. Yeah. We are way <laughs> off-road, sister, but. Um... <laughs> well, I think my boobs are an important part of crafting, so. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of the package here. You know, we have to work with what we have. (laughs) So, so, well, I really, really appreciate you taking the time, you know, to share your story. And I don't know if there's anything. I always think of something usually after I hang up um, that I should have asked. But I don't know if there's anything that, you know, else that you'd like the listeners to know and your blog readers to know about to get to this successful point that you're at right now. Well, you know, I I think I... Credit all that to my 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 family, um, mainly my mom and my grandma and grandpa, because they all sewed as well. So, my, if my mother hadn't pushed me into sewing, I probably never would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, and I also like to thank my hideous <laughs> vest and pants. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a yeah. picture of that vest and pants by chance? You know, I I don't. I think my grandma has some photos of me in <laughs> that. That sounds like that would and... be a great blog post for you at some point. You know, to be like, this is it... where it all started. For those of you who are feeling like you might not have it in you to do this, look at this. This is where I started. I know. Make yourself a vest and a pair of matching pants. You know, it'll change your life. You know. So, yeah, but I think that um, you've given us a lot of inspiration, you know, in this book and we'll continue to watch your blog and and look for um, your other future projects coming out. And so it sounds like for those who want to follow you, you know, the things you're publishing, Stitch Magazine is a good place for them to to look for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited about the the project I'm working on for them and I'm really not sure what's next. (laughs) But, you know, it's every day there's new opportunities coming and, you know, I check my inbox and I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. I'm doing this now. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and that's that's the fun part too is that, you know, you just kind of, you don't have to really map it out because I kind of stopped trying to map out what I'm doing next because I, for a while, a good part of my 20s, I was trying to like map out what was going to happen next and never worked out the way I was trying to map it. So, you know, I find that sometimes you just kind of, you know, go where in the direct, you know, just kind of ride the wave and you're definitely on yeah, the wave. So exactly. Know. I mean, you never know where life is going to take you. And I, uh, you know, I was just telling my husband the other day, you know, I, if you told me that I was going to be doing this, I would have just like laughed and you know, I'm going to be an HR. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> 
So are you do are you doing your crafting and, and your design? Is this full time for you now? I mean, is this what you do, or do you have another job on the side that you do besides no, being a mom? I, I mean, that's a full time job in itself. Yeah, that's the the only other job I'm doing right now. Um, so, um, you know, I'm I'm been really trying to. Well, my husband and I, I should say, are really just trying to to figure out how to make it work so that I can you know, keep making things and I'd like to be able to add more things to my store and, and, and uh, try and expand that a little and, you know, so it's kind of been hard to figure all that out because he's the only one working right now and then, I've, you know, we've got two little ones and one on the way, so, you know, I can't really go and get a job right now. <laughs> right, right, right. If you tell them, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to be out on maternity leave for a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you go to a, when you go to a uh, interview and you're very pregnant, it usually doesn't go all that smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, trust me, I already tried, tried that route and, you know, I was in New York and I, I went on an interview and I think I was three months pregnant and I was like, okay, please, I can't go up now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard to conceal. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's you kind can't, of hard. You can't hide it, so. No, no, not at all. And, yeah, so you kind of have to um, just kind of. Yeah. Well, I think I've read a lot on the web about you. I think the, you know, blog tour helped get your name out, too. And, you know, I think people will um, rally in support of what you're trying to do because there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, dream of working from home and, and being able to make things. And um, they want to support others that have that same dream. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a, a long and bumpy road, and and it's but it's been great. You know, um, it's not as easy as it looks. You know, at all. <laughs> no, I think um, actually it might be harder to work from home. Like as someone who yeah. I could not wait to work from home, and then now I work from home, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't really realize like just how challenging working from home yeah, is because it is. you're accessible to your children all the time, which is a blessing, mm-hmm. but also you're accessible to your children all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a lovely weekend and um, oh, thank you too. And happy new year. Well, a very special thanks to Rashida for sharing her story. And I hope you feel inspired now to go out and do your crafty thing this year in 2010. And I think one of the, very strong themes that kind of runs through this episode especially is that people get their big break in different ways if you have an idea about what you want to do what makes you happy follow that and if you're just starting a blog this year or maybe you have a blog already put your work out there see what kind of feedback you get and chances are if you're doing what you love and you're throwing yourself into it the stars will eventually align for you okay and I have a special treat for all of you folks at home You can enter a contest to win a copy of I Love Patchwork. All you have to do is head over to craftsanity.com, leave a comment below the post about episode 111, and just tell us what inspires you. You can tell us where you get your inspiration. You can even link to your Flickr photos if you happen to go around town taking pictures of things that catch your eye, or anywhere else you might find some inspiration. So feel free to share links back to your blog or Flickr accounts, and... Hopefully this will help get us all inspired for our next creative project. So leave a comment and we'll select a winner at random in about a week. Good luck, everybody. I'd like to take an opportunity to thank my sponsors once again for making this show possible. Hunter over at VioentlyDomestic.com sells a variety of interesting sock patterns with names like Slant, Popped, Dippers. 
So go over there and check it out and explore the creativity that Hunter puts into her designs. It's very cool stuff over there. And Hunter is offering a giveaway on her site. So if you visit violentlydomestic.com and look for a post about craft sanity and then follow the instructions, you can enter to win the contest. Good luck, everyone. I'd also like to thank PeggyLee.com for sponsoring this episode. And Peggy's been designing jewelry for more than nine years, and her work's been featured on TV's Private Practice, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and also in magazines including Oprah and Lucky. She loves to create feminine wearable designs, and you can visit her website at Peggy Lee, that's P-E-G-G-Y-L-I.com, and use the coupon code CRAFTSANITY to save 20% on your order by January 8th. So hurry and get over there and load up your shopping cart. Uh, you can follow Peggy on Twitter at PLC Peggy is her is her Twitter name and Facebook. Uh, you can find her at Peggy Lee Creations or check out her blog where she offers a lot of helpful information about running a small business. And you can find that at PeggyLee.blogspot.com. And I'll have links on the website. So if you're trying to remember all this stuff, don't worry. Head over to CraftSanity.com and I'll have some links to the sponsors. I'd also like to thank our final sponsor of this episode. Been a longtime supporter of the show, which I really appreciate. Rena Ward offers a variety of beautiful jewelry and kits over at nostalgiums.com. And you can buy a finished product or you can customize your own design, which is really fun. Nostalgiums is offering another giveaway on its Facebook page. And all you have to do is become a fan of Nostalgiums and you can win a necklace kit. I'll post the link on Craft Sanity. And all you listeners out there, if you want to help me say thank you to these sponsors, I encourage you to head over to their websites and Facebook pages and check out what they're making. You supporting them helps them support me. So it, we're all connected here and everybody wins. I would also like to quickly thank Don over in the UK and Nicholas, a fellow Michigan creative type, for sending in donations. That was really unexpected and very um, appreciated. So thank you so much. There was a lot of people who worked behind the scenes to help make this episode possible, and I am so grateful. I'm going to have an after show today, and then I'm going to get started on the next episode. So I'll be back soon, hopefully next week, with another episode of Craft Sanity. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends, it works for me. Okay, folks, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday, and <laughs> I still haven't really dug out from the messes I made in the pre-holiday craft wave. I haven't started the purging phase yet, but that's really basically has to happen soon, so... Yeah, wish me luck with that. I'm terrible at purging things out. I kind of move things from one side of a room to the other. It's totally ridiculous. So it's um, but it's one of the things I'm really terrible at. So I got to work on that this year. Been trying to do stick to my training plan, and that's so far that's going very well. You know, fairly well. I'm I'm running a 25k as a member of the Fifth Third Riverbank Run Road Warrior team on May 8th. I need to get more sleep so I can have more energy to run and I tend to stay up really late working on projects and um, you know I think one of my biggest challenges is the whole prioritizing and I'm sure that a lot of you listening have that same issue where you know you want to do everything. My whole thing is my one of my mantras is oh you know you only live once so try everything and while that's true you know we only live once you know we don't want to totally run ourselves into the ground so I'm gaining some maturity in that area with just being a little more, I'm going to try to just be a little more selective in 2010 about 
how I spend my time. And it's hard for me to say no to things. So some of the most successful people out there are the ones who, you know, they, they are selective about how they're spending their time. So I think that's part of the deal if you want to be successful at what you're doing. Uh, I've been reading out there in the blogosphere a lot of people with um, some exciting New Year's resolutions. So that's great to see. And, you know, sometimes when you put things out there, it holds you accountable. So you're you're going to really make some changes or do some exciting things this year. So I think that's really great. Um, besides running, I really want to just turn my home into a beautiful and relaxing place and instead of having piles of chaos in my work areas. So um, for me, that's a huge one, and it's kind of a carryover because I've been trying to do this for the last couple of years, but I've never really fully committed to it. So this is going to be the year, and uh, it's just hard because I have a hard time partying with things even when they're just silly things. So yeah, that's going to be it's going to be challenging, but I'm going to do my best to to conquer this this year, and I'm hoping to do some more writing this year because the more I I think about you know, what I'm missing in my life is I'm not doing as much writing as I'd like to do. Like, not writing of tutorials or interviews, but some more writing for myself. So I'm going to try to carve out some time for that as well. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Oh, the thing, I don't know if some of you might have seen it on the blog, but I ran the resolution run in East Grand Rapids on New Year's Eve day. So like, a bunch of people went out there and ran in the bitter cold. It was really cold. And there are people that train outside all year round. I don't. I tend to be one of those folks that likes to either be indoors on the track or on a treadmill. And I just like, I don't like to be cold. And um, yeah, so it was a little bit um, crazy to be out there. Uh, I felt like I was sliding all around. And I was really impressed though. I got passed by three guys, like two guys together and then another guy wearing, I mean, they weren't wearing shoes at all. Like they're just running barefoot. And I was like, wow. And at first I was like, that's insane. But then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm wearing an apron. (laughs) I made an apron to wear during the race. And because I'm on the Road Warrior team this year, we are each going to be paired with a sponsor or with a charity sponsor. And we're supposed to try to go out and help these organizations raise some funding and raise awareness in the community. And I'm going to be running on behalf of a a woman's uh, shelter. So I'm thinking that what I'm going to be doing is parlaying this, um, my love of public apron wearing into a charity of some kind, because I'm just not comfortable with the whole like, hey, can you give me 50 bucks for my charity? I'm thinking this might be a creative way for me to raise awareness because I'm so far, I'm the only woman running races locally in aprons. And um, this one was pretty pretty fancy. You can go over to the blog and see it. I put some kind of totally obnoxious trim on the bottom that was silvery. And then it just so happened that my apron matched. I had um, some sparkly, did a sparkly applique. And it said, um, on the bottom it said run, like you mean it. And run was an applique. And then I did some embroidery below that. And then the top I put the, the running man symbol that he's the um, basically the logo for the Fifth Third Riverbank run. And so that was fun. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not. Like, I have never tried to do applique with novelty fabrics like this. So I wasn't sure, and I didn't have time to do a test swatch at all or kind of do any test testing with the ironing process ahead of time. I just made the applique and went on blind faith that it was going to work, 
and was amazed when it really they worked. And I thought, wow, that was pretty awesome. So um, yeah, I'm probably been doing some a lot more appliqueing on uh, aprons that I'm calling my race aprons. And it seems crazy, but I have to tell you that I have a pair of those running like compression pants. They're ridiculously expensive. I bought them a couple years ago when I ran a marathon. Uh, I was injured, and I thought maybe compression pants will help me not feel so injured when I'm running. <laughs> Uh, the compression pants did not help at all. I think maybe on a subconscious level, I felt like, oh, I'm wearing compression pants. This won't hurt as bad. Uh, so it might have helped me feel a little more confident at the starting line. But um, as far as time-wise, I mean, these things did not exactly speed me along. So I wear these pants to race in now because I figure I've made the investment. I'm going to get as much mileage out of the pants as I can. But they're, I mean, they're really tight pants. And, you know, I, you feel kind of weird, you know, after running in these tight pants. And so I have to say, I really like putting an apron on over my tight running pants and just feeling like you have a little more coverage, you know, and it's really funny because I kind of felt a little bit like a craft superhero over there. Cause you know, you figure, you know, superheroes have tight pants. They have a cape. I have an apron, which is kind of like a cape backwards. And you get to kind of declare something. I like, I like text. I like to talk. I like, as you know, and it was fun to um, be out there running. My mileage is, I'm only up to, I think I did seven and a half. Well, I ran seven, did like a uh, quarter mile cool down, and then another quarter mile of just walking. I try to I try to cool down, it'll take at least a half mile to kind of you know cool down. If I have more time, you know, it's nice to take about a mile to cool down. But I ran just seven miles, and then this weekend I'm going to do eight. So I'm adding a my long run every weekend. I'm adding a mile every weekend, and so you know it's it's getting up there. But I'm not really in the shape. It, it, that I was right after I ran a marathon in 2007. I mean, that endurance has gone away and, um, you know, it comes back, but it's a gradual process to get that back. And so I guess, you know, stepping up to the starting line for my first race out in the cold, it was nice to have, you know, kind of my apron thing as a distraction from the fact that, you know, I get really nervous before races, even, I mean, this wasn't like a huge race. I mean, this was a four mile race, there wasn't a whole lot at stake. It was more or less just trying to see where we're at at this point. I ran, uh, I think my splits were like, or my, I ran like 8, 13 miles or something, like 8 minutes, 13 seconds um, per mile. You know, I'm going to need to really move, step that up. Uh, I'd like to be under 8 minutes for, uh, my, my outrageous goal is to run a 25K in under 2 hours, like 159.9, you know, just kind of get in there in the last second. And it's completely, I would say in all honesty, it's a pretty, it's kind of an unrealistic goal, but I'm going to try and see what happens. And uh, so I really need to step things up. The apron thing, I think was just a way to kind of distract myself a little bit because I tend to get, you know, pretty intense and pretty just, you know, anxiety filled before these races and to have something kind of humorous that kind of makes people smile a little bit when they're out there, takes the edge off a bit. That was fun. And it didn't, it was kind of surprising because the two times that I've raced in aprons, the first time I did it, I thought, well, this could be a real pain, you know, because I didn't try to run in an apron before I just stepped up to a starting line. And um, I thought, well, this is going to really get in the way, but it really doesn't. I'm sure adding decorative aprons is probably not exactly a great way to cut time off, but I just don't really think that it causes so much drag that I'm going to, you know, be much slower because of it. I mean... If I was trying out for the Olympics, then perhaps I would just wear the tight pants and a tight shirt and call it good. But um, 
I'm not. And I think that's part of it too, is that for me, while I have this dream of, you know, wow, it would be great to cross the finish line going super duper fast and beat that two hour time. You know, I'm not going to feel upset if I'm able to finish the race and just do it where I run a smart race and run it strong. No matter what my time is in that race, I'll always have my aprons. <laughs> and, that, you know, I think that's going to be enough. So, yeah. But anyway, I hope that those of you who have uh, set some resolutions or goals for yourself, I hope you're, you know, making some progress on those and trying to take a step every day toward doing the things you want to do this year. If you have any thoughts or ideas to share with me, by all means, send me a note, jennifer at craftsanity.com. Okay, and I have an interview coming up that I have to go do for my newspaper column, so I need to sign off now. You folks take care, and I'll be back soon with another episode.